done to it, it's still going strong. It may look that way, but in reality, it's barely hanging on. I guess I still have a lot to learn. What do you want to know? Hmm. For starters, how do we cross these planes? Come on now, that's easy. The same way you get anywhere. Pick a direction and start walking. Left, your left, your left, right. Hello there, and welcome to episode 78 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Raymond to my Barbara, John. Uh, John, I got a little, uh, little bit of a thing we forgot about last year that I want to talk about. What did we forget? <laughs> In our 2023 wrap-up, and I'm going to relate this to 2024, so don't worry. You better. We forgot to mention about the controversy surrounding Hogwarts Legacy being a thing. Oh, yes. That was, that was a <laughs> little bit of a news story for a minute. Yeah, yeah. So if you remember, before the game came out, you know, J.K. Rowling, the writer and creator of the Harry Potter series, is publicly anti-trans, using her platform and wealth to promote, you know, anti-trans policies. Um, with this being said, a certain gaming subreddit brought this up with an extreme take. If you buy this game, you are a transphobe. Oh, and <laughs> I, I'm a transphobe. Oh, man. So we, we have to deal this with a lot of artists and their art. I know Kanye West is another one where we have to decide, yeah. you know, do we want to listen to the music of a terrible person? Yep. Not saying that it's one-to-one with J.K. Rowling's take, but, you know, that's something we all have to deal with when we buy anything or consume anything or music, video games, whatever it is. You know, a lot of anti-sentiment of about Bobby Kotick just came out. So mm-hmm. is, I wouldn't blame anyone for not buying Activision Blizzard games, you know. But uh, in one of, and a lot of games are dealt with, deal with controversy. One of my favorite videos of 2023 was Video Games Donkey's uh, video about Hogwarts Legacy where he kept going from game to game to game to game to game because each one was controversial in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes through like 20 games in that video. And, it, and it's, it's the right take. It's, it's very hard to decide what games to play and, and what not to play. And that's a very personal decision to people when they make decisions. Uh, and you have to make these decisions best for you. But uh, this the controversy here is because this subreddit turned Internet Warrior. They started causing reviews to accompany opinion pieces, reviews straight up bringing it up in the review, including Wired giving it a 1 out of 10 because they just mm-hmm. couldn't. They, they're just not a game they couldn't play the game without all the backstory of J.K. Rowling. And then this also led to harassment campaigns that caused other subreddits to ban the topic entirely. Streamers bullied if they streamed it, Girlfriend Reviews being the most famous one. And then the subreddit was weaponizing spoilers of the game. Um, and we talked about this when it all happened that, you know, we were, this is, this sucks. Like, again, don't spread hate on the internet because other people like something that you don't like for whatever reason Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people worked on Hogwarts Legacy Uh, you know a lot of them probably pro-trans or you know indecisive or whatever but you know we just shouldn't (laughs) you know let one creator you know spread hate you know it's fine if you don't play it but don't hate on other people for um, for purchasing it or playing it including myself and John Um, 
And why am I bringing this up now? Because we're coming up on another controversial game that is re-releasing in 2024, and... That's The Last of Us Part Two. It was also featured in that video game, Donkey uh, video, as, as being a controversial game. So just kind of a, again, you know, as this game comes out, let's, you know, let people play it if they want to, if they like it or don't like it. If you hate it, just just leave it alone and walk away. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of long ranting here, John. Mm-hmm. What, what do you got to say on this? Yeah, it's it's baby behavior. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's pretty pretty straightforward. I mean, you know, if you have a problem with somebody, then express it in a adult grown up manner, and you can do what you want. But yeah, try not to, you know, rope other people in, and then say, and if they don't agree with you, think that they're transphobic or homophobic or yeah, generalized, or whatever the case is. I mean, you you kind of touched on it a little bit, Nick. You're not. You know, if you boycott this game or write a one out of ten article, uh, you know, giving the game that score, whatever the case, you're not affecting J.K. Rowling. She is a billionaire. She will stay a billionaire. She will be fine. You're affecting the people who made the game, who are whose bonuses and resumes rely on the reception of these things. Um, so grow the fuck up and don't, you know focus on so much negativity. I mean, you know, in the in the year of our Lord and Savior, 2024. You can't be a ethical consumer in the mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you know, you can try, but anything made in China, you know, there's confirmed concentration camps of Uyghur people out there. If you buy something owned, uh, if you buy um, shit, what's the uh, who did Saudi Arabia buy? Uh, who makes metal slug? Oh, um, SNK. Yes. If you buy any SNK property, you're giving 100 percent of that money to the Saudi royal you know, family who publicly executed a journalism. These are more serious, egregious things of proof uh, of, of bona fide things that have actually happened. If we need to direct our energy towards something, let's make sure it, it's maybe a little bit more, um, you know, uh, something you can touch and feel and, and actually make a change on. Um, and I don't want to go on a long rant here either, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think, you know, with the, with the upcoming Last of Us Part Two. You know, if if you disagree with the story, if you for some reason like the weirdest thing on the internet to me right now is the people hating Neil Druckmann out of all people like Neil <laughs> Druckmann. You know, if you can't stand that guy, don't go out of the way to spoil it for random people you've never met. Just don't fucking buy the game then and and go go play something else. It's not that right, hard. right. And and direct your hate towards something positive, like whether it's donating to in J.K. Rowling's case some kind of uh, trans trans uh, support group of some kind you know just do some put positive energy into the yeah. world don't hate on people because again you you mentioned that jk rowling will, will not be financially affected by this it did not affect the sales of harry potter one bit it's one of the best-selling games of 2023 mm-hmm. and a, and same with the last of us too you can direct all the hate you want to neil Druckmann, but he's having one hell of a the last few years you know outside of the last of us multiplayer project being uh, canceled. He, you know, he became co-president of Naughty Dog. Mm-hmm. He has a very successful television show yep. on his credits, and you know, it's just, it's just spend your time doing something else. Yeah. Get off the internet for a bit, because because I always got to point out that these are small internet communities. Most people don't even know these things are happening. You know, most of the comments one girlfriend review talked about being harassed by all the anti Hogwarts Legacy people. All the comments were like, "I didn't even know this happened." Right. Like so. So, you know, it's just just kind of like a, you know, we're looking forward to 2024. Let's kind of just get rid of the negativity and just 
just let it go. It'll be hilarious when Hogwarts Legacy 2 comes out just for those same people to be like, come on, guys, we're going to boycott this one. It's like, all right, man, you're just... They will. It's that Streisand effect. You're yeah. just bringing more attention to it and making, like, it's it's silly. Silly baby behavior. Right, and The Last of Us Part 2 will do the same. I'm sure they're already already all out in full force just trying to... You know they are. I, the I, game down. It's a guilty pleasure of mine to every once in a while scroll that subreddit. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know why I do it, but it, it's uh, some disturbed people over there. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's yeah. Sometimes, it, like I said, it's just get off the internet. Like, yeah. and you, you'll 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 feel healthier. You know, even if you're not just scroll, scrolling these negative subreddits, just get off the internet. Well, and these people that have made these comments that have made it such a such an issue. I mean, they are like. They are the stereotypical people you think of when you think of internet trolls. I'm pretty, pretty sure. I don't have proof of that, of course, but um, the reset era people and 4chan people. Yeah. You know, different strokes for different folks. You enjoy what you enjoy. But, uh, you know, personally, if I see people that behave that way, I just don't need them in my life. No, no. Same here. Same here. All let's right. bring this podcast back up. Yeah, let's 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 get into the show because we have a packed show with you. Chat <laughs> packed show for you, including a 2024 outlook. We got hands on a PlayStation portal, and of course, our video game battle royale is returning. So, let's get to how the show works. John and I both bring up to three things to talk about it can be video games we're playing, it can be a news item, it can be a topic, it can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod or a comment on our YouTube page at PlayStation Pals. Any of those things, we feel like bringing it. And the first thing we're going to talk about is our most anticipated games of 2024. Hell yeah. John, please tell me uh, Atomic Heart is not on your list this year. <laughs> or a game like it. No, no. I, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about my list this year. I will conta- maintain that I was trying to be spicy. <laughs> I was trying to be different, and Spider-Man 2 seemed too safe. But I will, I will take the pummeling as it is kind of deserved. But no, no Atomic 2 or Atomic Heart from me. <laughs> All right, but is for uh, if it comes to PlayStation Plus Extra, will you play Atomic Heart? I think it already did. Did no, it did not. No way. It didn't? Okay. No, I, I don't it think been, it might have just been Game Pass. Uh, no, I'm not going to play it. Okay. No, I, I, dude, if if we had a section today about the, the plates that John is spinning right now, I'm spinning <laughs> seven or eight really nice plates, and uh, I want to make sure those plates are taken care of first. Yeah. yeah so well, well, Another tease is I dangled Diablo 4 in front of him, and he was like, no. I can't I'm right full. now. I'm I, full. I, I can't. Too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I did... Uh, I should be a little bit more uh, self-controlled, but with with the portal came access to a couple other games. I, I had. We don't need to get into it now, but no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's kick things off, John. What what's your first game that you want to bring of your most anticipated games of 2024? What do you sure. got? So I'm going to start off one with that. I think uh, if you included this game on a 2024 list, anybody who knows me would know that it's on it. Uh, it's a little bit of an asterisk because it's technically only coming to early access confirmed so far. But that, of course, is from Supergiant Games, the sequel to one of my favorite games of all time, uh, Hades 2. 
Mm-hmm, Can't mm-hmm. fucking wait, dude. I mean, we don't know a lot about this game yet. Uh, we're just going off of basically the Game Awards trailer from two years ago. Um, or not two years ago, but not this one, but the one before. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I, what what can I say, man? I mean, this could literally just be the same bones and everything that Hades was, <laughs> with just a new character and some new weapons and stuff. And I'm happy to be yeah. I'm happy to be there. But knowing Supergiant, as creative as they are, um, I would expect to see uh, a decent amount of changes in different ways that uh, they're able to, uh, you know, manipulate the formula or whatever it is they do uh, to make it just as engaging and you know make it not feel like it is just like some tacked on DLC because. This is a little bit of a departure for them. This is their first true sequel. Um, they're usually just kind of a, a team, I think, that oozes with creativity and they just kind of find an idea and, and roll with it, whether it's something, you know, a little bit slower and more uh, noir and kind of gritty like Transistor or like a fucking weird basketball type game that this honestly, I never played it with Pyre, but I have full confidence that Hades 2 is going to meet my expectations and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, can't, they they can't wait. they they struck gold with <laughs> Hades for sure. That's got to be by far their most best selling game. Yeah, I mean and, the best selling game of the year nominations. Um, yeah, I think I think it was only second to The Last of Us two that year for most game of the award game of the year wins, um, which is an incredible feat for an indie game. Um, you know, that was the same year that Final Fantasy VII Remake released, and for it to to weed its way through the crowds and it emerge on the other side as like, oh yeah, this is one of the best games of the year, and yeah, it's only $25 or $30 or whatever it was when it came out, um, you know, it just really, really shows what I love about indie games and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I would expect it to hit consoles, honestly, in 2025. Mm-hmm. I think the first Hades was in early access for about a year. Um so, but that's fine. I mean, if I really, really, really am jonesing, I mean, I could, you know, get the early access. I don't think I'm going to do that, though. I'd rather just wait for the full-on release. But I was talking to my brother-in-law over the week, uh, and he's a big fan of it as well. And uh, he was mentioning that he really enjoyed uh, the early access experience with the first one because he got to see the game change. He got to see them, like, tweak things and add things and take things away and, and have it come out to be the product that, that we all know and love. Um, so... Uh, when that, I mean, I'll, that'll be a game. I take the day off of work. I, I just, <laughs> you know, play it from, from sun up to sundown. Cause it's crack, crack to me. <laughs> yeah. It Love is still, roguelikes. it is still in our, um, top 10 PS5 games to recommend. Oh, it'll stay there. Do you I'm remember, let, do you remember where it was in our overall list? Uh, four. Was it four? Wow. I think so. <laughs> do we, we had it at two. And then I was like, I don't know, man. That seems crazy. Yeah, I don't remember off the top. And of my I head. think we switched it uh, with. Uh, anyway, with it's in us. our top fifty games of all time as well. So. <laughs> I think it's yeah. I think it's I, I I know it's top ten for sure. Okay, well there you go. And uh, we did have one listener write in with their three games. Pal of the show, Nick, also had Hades too. So that yeah, is a smart boondoggle kid. for him. Smart kid. And he will be. He's a PC boy, so um, <laughs> you know I'll be I'll be really talking to him about his experience and stuff even if i'm not playing it i'm sure sure all right uh my first most anticipated game of 2024 is not a shocker it is final fantasy 7 rebirth Mm -hmm. from creative business unit one and square enix Uh, it has a release date which is even better it's two months away february 29th 2024 it's coming leap day what else what else needs more needs to be said you know it's a it's a sequel to a reimagining of one of my favorite games of all time, Final Fantasy VII. It brings in more characters, more locations. 
It looks wonderful. We talked about the trailer that was at the Sony State of the last Sony State of Play, and just uh, it's just wonderful. I, yeah, I uh, I didn't put this on my list specifically because I knew it was going to be on yours, <laughs> and I didn't want to you know I wanted more games to talk about, but I did write write it down as an honorable mention. But uh, what you know, one of the things that I'm personally excited for, and as I mentioned on the show, I don't have the original Final Fantasy nostalgia mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of people have, but. If I were to criticize remake in any way, which there's not a lot of ways to do it, but sometimes it felt a little hallway-y, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're kind of going yes. from point to point. You know, you would have some uh, some uh, dialogue and, and narrative that would happen, and then, yeah, you kind of feel like you're just going from this point to that point. And mm-hmm. uh, with the introduction of the open world, um, I'm excited to see how they approach that. Um, and just a different way, you know, I mean, they showed in the trailer, you can fly a Chocobo, right? So it's really, really going to be opened. Um, and I'm excited to see what the differences are with the story, even though I didn't play the original, I'm pretty familiar with it. And so, you know, at the end of remake, uh, we won't spoil it here, but you know, there was kind of an indication that things are different. This is not the same thing. So, uh, really excited to see, to see what they change and, and, uh. You know what that leaves for the third game because this is supposed to be the middle entry to a three-part trilogy. Yeah. So, what does that mean for the third game going forward? Where do they leave it off at? Correct. Um, all that good stuff. Yes. Yeah. All a lot of a lot of questions and yeah, that'll be one of those games I just will have to not be on the internet for because I don't I can't have a single thing spoiled for me about that. So. Yeah. Um, you gonna take some some time off work? Yeah. Or, yeah. For yeah, sure. You should. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, and that is also a boondoggle with Pal of the Show, Nick. Oh, man. Uh, what's his third one? The one I'm about to say, is it Elden Ring Shadow of the Earth Tree DLC? <laughs> it's an honorable mention, but it's not. It's okay, not all right. Well, Shadow of the Earth Tree, the DLC from the Game of the Year, uh, from the Game Awards of 2021. Two. Two. <laughs> Time is fast. Yeah, it's 2024 now. It's crazy. Uh, so 2022 game of the year, my personal game of the year last year. Um, this has been cooking for a while now. FromSoft has a great, great heritage of producing not only um, great great DLCs, but like exceptional DLCs that introduce some of the hardest bosses that you'll come across in the games. Um, I fully expect this one to be probably their biggest DLC yet, just based on the amount of time they've been working on it, the popularity of Elden Ring as a franchise, the open world nature of Elden Ring. Uh, I just, I really kind of expect it to blow us all away again. Like, you know, it's going to have everything we know and love, the awesome different builds, the awesome enemy variety, open world, cool stumbling across things. But, you know, will this be PlayStation 5 only? Will it be even prettier? Um, you know, how long is it truly going to be? I kind of expect a blood and wine type of scenario, you know, with The Witcher 3, where it was like a 20, 30 hour DLC. I kind of expect the same thing here. So um, although it won't be as big as the base game, it's going to be bigger than probably a lot of different full-fledged games that come out this year so um we again don't have a release date for it specifically um but there was rumors that it could come as early as even february i think that's a little quick especially with no um no communication from from software <laughs> on that and as busy as february already is i wouldn't be surprised that they would push it back a little bit but uh so no defcon level for shadow of the earth tree and information this month i don't think so <laughs> i i i i don't know i don't think as much as game developers have 
uh, warmed up to the idea of releasing games in January and February, which they used to never do. I don't think that a lot of places like to talk this time of year. This is the yeah. time of year everybody's still recovering from holiday malaise and you know getting back oh. in the swing of t- things. You know, focusing on you know I'm going to go work out every day and then it'll last for 12, <laughs> 12 days and then I can get back into being a piece of shit play video games all all day long. So um, I don't expect. Well, ask Hi-Fi Rush about that. <laughs> True, it was a great game, but they didn't talk about Hi-Fi Rush, right? No, they just, no. They just dropped it. And they're like, here it is. No. So uh, that would be one, wonderful Elden- if they did the same thing. Yeah, it's Elden Ring. They can do whatever they want, really. It's, it doesn't matter. That'll sell. That, whatever that that expansion will sell like crazy. It'll be yeah. It'll be insanely popular, and it's yeah. I'm I'm even kind of curious to see what they show for that. Yeah, you know, just from from a you know, you know monster design and area design and all yeah, the things that they too. do. Like really I well. mean, I. Uh, you know, I died, I dove into the uh, lore more than I have really with a lot of the previous From Software games, and there's a pretty, you know, pretty robust, interesting story. You know, as convoluted as it is, as their nature is, but like you could expand on that. You know, there's areas on that map that are not populated based on the original game. So, you know, are we going to be able to go any of those areas? Is it going to be something entirely different? Um, lots and lots of questions. But um, if there's a team I trust, it's FromSoft. Like yeah. they're probably number one in my trust <laughs> trust team. So yeah, and they've had two years to work on it. So yeah, it's it's going to be something else, and definitely deserving of it. It's going to be sh- this year's Phantom Liberty. Yep, yep, exactly. So yeah, and a very sneaky pick for fantasy league picks because mm-hmm. that'll be a ninety and above for sure. Yeah. All right, I'm also going to build off my game of the year pick from last year, uh, Persona Five Royal, because all the people that worked on that. Director Katsura Hishino, character designer Shingori Sojima, and composer Shoji Maguro, who I also mentioned in my best music category last year. Uh, they're all working on a new game in a new studio, Studio Zero. It is called Metaphor Refantasio. We've we've talked about it al- already that this is this is a game to look out for because of the talent that's working on it. And just what we've seen so far from the trailers is everything you expect. style that these that this team is known for that this is this game is going to be huge it's going to be a big deal and it's going to be something exciting yeah it's going to be a sneaky one that i don't think a lot of people are anticipating right now and then it's going to come out and they're gonna be like that's a weird name what is yeah. this and then it gets 94s <laughs> and you're like what the fuck is this um yeah another one you know that's i think the theme of these kind of shows but lots of questions right like i think in that last trailer they showed some even parts that looked like it was li- like not turn-based combat and just right. actual action combat. So, but then I also saw parts where that were turn-based. So, <laughs> you know, how is it going to be similar to Persona? How is it going to be different? Um, you right. know, I, I like that it's a full-fledged fantasy setting. Yes. Um, I'm, I this might be sacrilegious to a lot of people, but I'm happy to ditch the high school kids with the calendar thing. And maybe there might be some aspect of that in here, but... Uh, not at least as big of a part of the game uh, as it seemed to be in Persona Five, but I thought you know I, I knew that that's what you were going to pick, but I thought maybe maybe he's going to go Persona Three also. You know, what I mean, <laughs> I know I know that you're a little more uh, kind of trepidatious with that one, but yeah, um, yeah, good pick, good pick. Thank you, thank you. All right, and then for my last one, um, I went with one uh, I don't th- I knew you wouldn't have on your list, and uh, the more I think about it, the more excited I am for this. Uh, we first saw it, I want to say. I don't know what showcase, but some random showcase, uh, probably a Sony State of Play or something. But uh, from extremely okay games, uh, the the follow up to Celeste Earthblade, 
Um, so this is uh, the team that brought you Celeste and Towerfall, which I like the both of those games a lot, especially Celeste. Celeste was a Game of the Year nominee. Um, you know, comes a Metroidvania uh, combat-focused Celeste styling movement based kind of game and like that sounds wonderful to me I mean Celeste was great um, but you know you didn't fight at all in that game it was completely traversal completely platforming with a really heartfelt narrative behind it about a girl dealing with uh, confidence issues and depression and things like that so um, I would expect the team to be able to rope in another strong narrative with an additional um, you know level of combat and, and movement that they're already so good at I think you got a recipe for something that's going to be really really fun uh, and you you got the music by Lena Rain coming back in there I mean yeah, she's she's yeah. top tier when it comes to composers um, I think this is another one that's could surprise people at the end of the year being the indie game of the year or you know possibly even sneaking into that celeste style thing where maybe maybe it gets one of those noms but i i think extremely okay games is one of those really really underrated that when they when they release something i'm going to pay attention to and uh no no specific date again yep. but 2024 is supposed to supposed to drop yes like hades 2 it was announced at the game awards the same mm -hmm. that same mm -hmm. game awards mm -hmm. of 2022 yeah that that infamous one. That now was. I'm thinking I put a pro probably should have put Silk Song on my list too. But <laughs> that game's getting a little tired. Uh, pal of the show Nick put Silk Song on his list. So if it comes out this year, I'm, I was I'm reading reports that people <laughs> saying it's not. So it's like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, that is another Unity game. If, what if if they decide they if they switched? If they switch, then yeah, that would be a definitely add a, a big uh, change to their development time. So that's another thing we I don't think we talked about Unity. In terms of stories. Oh, yeah. No, you we know. forgot about Unity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Um, but then I, then, you know, I, I did, you know, in true John fashion, I had uh, one more honorable mention, which was Windblown, which was that, uh, that game oh, showed yeah. by, uh, Motion Twin, uh, Makers of Dead Cells with that really cute trailer that, uh, it's gonna be fun, but yeah, John. John is the indie guy. I am. I am. <laughs> all, I don't need. I don't games. have time for big budget games, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you say, but again, a, a theme of this year is who had the most playtime in our. Levi did. Uh, Levi had the most playtime. Yeah, my six-year-old son. All right, John. So that leaves me with my final game. Can you guess it? <sighs> Can I? Suicide Squad, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, hold on, hold on. Like a dragon. It is not like a dragon. Mm. I I am excited for like a dragon, but that is a wait for review game. No, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, once I say it, you're gonna be like, ah, yeah, damn I'm it! Sure. I'm sure. Of course, it's Star Wars Outlaws mm, yep. from Massive and Ubisoft, shown last year at the Ubisoft press conference, where we got a CG trailer to give us kind of an idea. Uh, you're playing as a smuggler and you're cute little pet that helps you Got it, in pet in Star Wars. combat and stealth sequences and it just ooze Star Wars. It is taking place between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But the even cooler thing is at the Xbox conference the next day, we got a 15 minute gameplay demo yeah. showing off this game. It's nice. And who boy does this game look good. Again, shows off stealth sequences, shows off combat, shows off open world speeder bikes, uh, shows off uh, dialogue choices with actual consequences, like instant consequences. Uh, your the protagonist could have bribed an imperial officer and chose not to. That imperial officer immediately put a wanted uh, bounty on her head, and she had to get off the planet quick. She gets in her spaceship. You fly the spaceship off the planet, and then you're instantly in orbit, uh, which is something you know Starfield isn't doing. So if this game does do that, if there's no kind of tricks there. 
you know. No Man's Sky and Outer Wilds are the only two games I can think of that do that. Outer Wilds did? Yeah, in a much smaller scale okay. where you're like on a planet, you go, Bleh. but like you're in a, a solar system with four places. You do go. what? Bleh. You go, Bleh. <laughs> that, and, and because of that 15-minute demo, this game looks, you know, primed to, to release in 2024. I expect it's going to hit. I believe even uh, there was an article today about uh, Disney, the Disney parks talking about it, that it's this big, you know, exciting game coming out in 2024. So I'm ready, man. Nice. That, all three of the, all three of my picks are just like, I probably day one, all three of them. Yeah. Well, that's just, good, man. I mean, you know, because making this list, I will say it's it's had a different bit of a feel than it did doing it for last year, where yes. it's like, oh, we got Spider Man, and we got all these you know amazing games coming out. But like this year was kind of like, all right, well, this is early access, and this is a DLC, and you know, I, we don't have a ton of dated things, so no. uh, it's good. It's good that you got a couple that you're you know absolutely jonesing for. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on into our twenty twenty four predictions. You know, speaking of, you know, we have this kind of shadow of war over most of the year. I think you know. Fall is taken up by what? Fog, fog, of, fog of War. Shadow of War is a game yeah. by, from <laughs> Fog of War. Sorry, thank you. Uh, we have we have kind of, you know, it's Wolong, it's a Space Marine 2. I can't think of any other games that has set a flag. It's Wukong. Wukong, thank you. <laughs> I know video games. I know you do, I know. Those, Wolong and Wukong is too close. It's another Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds scenario. <laughs> That is, that it is really hard to say what's going to happen um, this year, yeah. but I have a feeling that you know this year is going to be pretty wild, and my predictions are definitely going in the wilder uh, camp. Well, and, and you taught me something last year, Nick, with the fantasy league. You taught me that it does pay to pay to wait, yeah. because <laughs> the, the, you know this is a different business than it was five years ago you know we went into this the fantasy league which for those who don't know what it is we've we pick games based on the open critic score we get points for it right it's pretty easy and we have a, a league with eight people and seven of us like all had our games filled out by march and then nick's over here with like three games he's just like <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna wait and then he ends up picking up super mario wonder and talos principle 2 and cocoon and so you know there is definitely more meat on that bone than we see right now i i would agree but you've taught me to to believe, <laughs> to believe a yeah. little bit. Yeah, like like I said, we really don't know from you know, and may, or maybe our predictions will touch it from, especially Sony and Nintendo. Like after March is like I don't know, and yeah. then you know we know a lot about Xbox, but we don't know release dates. You know, we only have Hellblade as a, their only first party release so far. But let's go into our predictions, and I wonder if we'll get some boondoggles here. Maybe <laughs> you start though. I am gonna start. My first prediction involves the PlayStation 5 Pro. It is, in fact, true. It's oh, a boondog. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, we'll see how yours differ from mine because yeah. uh, and we'll, we'll kind of score things. And just to reference, last year, me and John tied with, like, both half points. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, I got ever part good. Of my Nobody's good at these, all right? <laughs> I got part of my Spider-Man 2 prediction right, and he got The Last of Us show winning best adaptation. So... But everything we were insanely wrong on everything else. So, yeah. But this is what I'm going to say about the PlayStation Five Pro. It is diskless. It is six hundred dollars. It is a two terabyte drive. It will launch November of 2024. One Sony first party game to launch around it will take advantage of it. 
other first t- party titles, Spider-Man 2, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, will be updated as well to take advantage of it. It will focus on 4K60. There will be no mention of 8K at all. It'll just say, hey, you want your games to run the best and look the best with the best frame rates? You want ray tracing on? You want this console. It's pretty much the same. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, I will say there's one difference. So I said PS5 Pro is announced. And one thing about this is uh, Tom Henderson, right? He is the guy who was talking about the slim and the detachable disk drive and all that stuff. He also has talked about this. So like that's it gives me a lot of confidence there. Correct. Uh, I have ready for the holidays. So, you know, November. That's that's pretty close. I don't have a specific thing. Uh, It's aiming for 4K 60 on everything. Two terabyte storage. (laughs) The only difference is I have, uh, I think Sony... Is gonna to want to stay away from five ninety nine because of the PS three reveal. I'm gonna say six forty nine. Inflation's <laughs> up. I think they're gonna position it as a niche product. I'm just gonna go with six forty nine. Okay. For a price point. Okay. Seems high. I know. But like, and they made this point on Sacred Symbols. So I was like, yeah, what the fuck is like? People are fine spending thirteen hundred dollars on a graphics card. This is one piece of the component. So why do we all freak out when like consoles are a little bit of money? And this is not for, you know, there's still a regular model if you want it. Um, but, you know, give me a reason. Like, I'm fine with you putting a price on it like that if it's if it's worth it. So sure. I don't know. Sure. Uh, yeah. And I, I say November because, you know, we saw last year PlayStation Portal, November. Yeah. November's Earbuds, good. November. Yeah. You know, that that all seems to make sense. So. So you did? Did you mention anything about first-party games taken advantage no, of? No, I didn't. It? Okay, so that's that's a little bit of a difference. Do you have any like which development team no. you're thinking? Like, <laughs> no. un, like Uncharted, you know, re- remake or not remake? I but, mean, it's all up in the like, like yeah, you said, it no. could be Ghost of Tsushima two. It could be. I'm just trying Uncharted to get you to say something so Uncharted I can deduct five. points from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are the, our only differences? Are the date? The date and the price. Date and the price. I so. say holiday. You say November. So if it comes out and okay, I'll, I'll give you that. If it's December, or October, you get it, and then obviously the price will go from there. Sure. Okay. Love it. Wow. So all right. <laughs> all right. So let's 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 quickly talk about like very briefly. John, you have the very nice TV. You have a giant yes. OLED television. You know, top top brand, LGC very pricey one. television that. Uh, is this based on your prediction? If what you say is true, does, are you are you in? I think so. I've never bought. I mean, pro consoles haven't been around for a long period of time at all. Obviously, there's only been the PS4 Pro. Uh, I wasn't even interested in that one when it came out. I just uh-huh. kind of thought, like, whatever. Like, I'm good. With the way that PS5s are holding their value, um, yeah, and being having this podcast and. You know, just being so busy with my life, with my kids, and, you know, the gaming is my one way to disconnect. I, you know, I, I think if I if I can sell my PlayStation 5 for like 300 which I would be surprised if they weren't still at least that when it comes sure. out, I can for save sure. up for one of these. And, um, and I've become more of a 60 frames per second guy as this generation's gone on. I used to not really care at all. Right. But, you know, after seeing... Spider-Man running at 90 frames or whatever the hell it is, because again, my TV, I can, it's uncapped, right? It's VR, VRR <laughs> uh, enabled and all that stuff. It's it's uh, it's it's real nice to have. So um, I might position it as a, a a Christmas present for myself. Okay, okay. Well, again, it is our prediction is is disc discless. <laughs> mm. 
So you are going to like, yeah. so you would have to spend more. You're probably looking if you're at your 650 price and I think 80 is for the disc drive attachment. Yeah. I mean, now you're getting into $800. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if if I were to set aside the money to get it, I would be fine setting aside another $80. Like, yeah. You know, it, it would suck, but I'm such a movie guy too. Like, right. you know, I love my 4K movie collection. I can't not have It's e- it's either I get it's either I get that or I get the really super nice, and I've been eyeing one of these too, the really super nice Panasonic 4K Blu-ray play, like disc players, which right. people say is like actually way better than a PlayStation 5 is at playing 4K. So huh. maybe maybe I subtract the 80 from that, throw it towards that, but that thing's $400 in and of itself. Right. So it's so like, I don't know. I don't have that kind of money to be throwing <laughs> around, but one can dream. Sure, sure. Yeah, again, if, if it all depends on the price, what we give for our consoles. In my situation, if I upgrade my TV... You know, then I'll, I would certainly consider this. You know, as we yeah, cause, I mean that is an interesting question because you know I would say that that uh, the movies are the biggest reason I have a disc PS5, but I do like physical editions too. And would I be willing to just play, take the plunge, go go digital? It would hurt because I like borrowing games from you <laughs> and other people <laughs> and will, as we'll talk about later. Right. So I don't know. I'd probably just get the disc drive. Now that I think about it a little. And the charging station and the remote <laughs> control because I have no uh, self control. Yeah, yeah, and and, and when just looking into the future, right? Like we know Grand Theft Auto Five is yeah. six is coming. That you know we want a beefy console and yeah, dude. I mean, there's a there's a possibility that that game is so intensive that they have to bump it to thirty. Like it's possible, right? Yeah, and that's that, true. And that would be real, sh- not real shitty because it's it's. The way I'm sure that they would animate it, it would look it would look fine. But when you see people playing 4K 60 at it, with as gorgeous as that game's going mean, to look, if, if Sony has any smart, uh, you know, any intelligence, I think they have some smart. Yeah, they have some smart mm. that they would co-market. You know, well, how Grand Theft Auto Six would run on the, on this thing? That oh, would well, be that would be a slam fucking dunk. Well, dude, I mean, it's gonna <laughs> it's like this is a, it will create a really interesting dynamic, right? Because assuming that you know Xbox has said that they are not doing a pro console that basically the Series X is the pro version and the Series S is the regular version that's kind of what they've said right. so at this point when that if if a PS5 Pro exists what are developers aiming for right are, you know there's going to be a PS5 Pro version a PS5 version Xbox Series S version you know is it is it really going to start to even create a bigger divide with what these consoles can do and with the Grand Theft Auto Five not releasing on PC initially, uh, the game's gonna sell like fucking crazy on console. He's saying five, but it's six. <laughs> Sorry, Grand Theft Auto Six. You know, it, it's not coming to PC day and date. It's going to sell bananas on consoles day one. PlayStation Five already has such a lead. If they can figure out a way to market it with the console, oh my god, like it's it's game over for Xbox and that with that game at least. But yeah, it'll, it'll definitely just be the preferred place to play at that time until it comes to PC. So yeah, yeah that that would be. That would be incredible. So yeah. uh, we'll see. I mean, Xbox will have a redesigned Xbox Series X by that time, according to the leaked documents right, from that cylinder. Project Brooklyn. Uh, so they might have a hardware refresh. But yeah, this 
this thing could be wild, but yep. all right, we'll we'll find out. That uh, that is that is gonna be huge. Right. Up, that announcement. Well you wanna go again since we basically basically had, had that. <laughs> all right, one too. Yes. All right. So we saw in twenty twenty four or twenty twenty three that acquisitions are were a big thing. We saw Microsoft gobble up Activision Blizzard. It's it's time for Sony to jab back. And this was rumored years ago, especially when this company started selling off Crystal Dynamics, IO Interactive, uh, Square Enix Montreal, and Eidos Montreal, that, that the rumors were hot that Sony was going to acquire them, that they were going to gobble them up. And, you know, I, things always change, so this may not be true at all, but... I'm going to say that it is true, and now that Activision Blizzard is part of Microsoft, that you know Sony is looking to make a big acquisition of their own, and they've always been a very good partner. Obviously, a lot of games are exclusive, including Final Fantasy Rebirth, Forspoken, um, a lot of a lot of JRPGs, Final Fantasy 16. That it's time to just put a ring on it and and be done with it and. I know who you're talking about, but you also haven't said who it is yet. I said Square Enix. You did? I don't yeah. think you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I said out there, when I mentioned selling off companies, I yeah, mentioned yeah. Square Enix Montreal. So, sure, sure, sure. So it is Square Enix. So that is that is my second prediction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've always been uh, where where there's smoke, there's fire kind of guy. Yeah. And with the amount of that people were talking about this, it could have it could have just been a wishful thinking type thing well what makes sense for sony to buy now that activision is is getting gobbled up but um yeah i mean sony uh has has a long long history with these guys and it's definitely sony playstation is definitely the place to play japanese games square enix is a very very japanese centric uh company so i think it makes total sense um i don't i don't i don't know if it's still going to happen, though, I you know because what I think Sony is is a little concerned right now with with purchasing another large scale team because of what's going on with Bungie right now. It just seems like it's very very uh, not that they got a turd, but like it seems like they got they purchased a team that wasn't quite what they thought it was. Um, you know they're having to go in and potentially put their board into the Bungie's board to try and save the sh- save what's going on over there. There's all sorts of weird nebulous things happening and happening at Bungie. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it is important that Sony continues to you know make moves and whatnot. But they're still so dominant in the space that like, do they need to buy a publisher? <laughs> no. But like, if but it, but is this the game we're playing? You know, right. and that's that's what would p- propel them to purchase it. But um, Square Enix would be the one, though. That would be definitely the one that they would go for. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, this was, um, and it was Jeff Grubb and Greg Miller who I think it was 2021 started talking about it. And I don't remember the initial announcement of the acqu- the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, but it seemed to be a few months later, if I remember. And that kind of, you can't. You know, obviously, Sony Sony during that time can't be like, Microsoft, you can't have them, yeah. but we're also buying yeah. another giant publisher. Don't look so, over here. <laughs> yeah. So so now that, that that dust is settled, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting because, you know, Japanese developers, they don't really like to be purchased. They do a lot of mergers, right? Koei, Koei Tecmo, Square Enix, yeah. Bandai Namco. It would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it would it would it would I be mean, a big deal. Well, yeah, and then you know you look at 
another uh, reason this makes sense is you look at all the Square Enix games that have been released in the past couple of years. They said Final Fantasy VII Remake was coming to Xbox. Never happened. Rebirth is only coming to PlayStation again. Final Fantasy XVI only came to PlayStation. Uh, there's just a lot of examples of, of Square just kind of not even worrying about Microsoft. So you're only yeah. putting their games on there anyway. Yeah, and to be fair, uh, that Secrets of Mana game, or Visions of Vi- Mana? Vision, that's the new one, Visions. Yeah, is coming to Xbox as well. So there's there's not a, like 100% Going like Octopath only came to Xbox and Switch. It didn't come to PlayStation. Like there's some weird ones yeah. in there, but yeah, good one. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. All right, for my number two, the Switch Two is real. Okay, and it will be out this fall. Along the Boondoggle, it's the Boondoggle, <laughs> alongside Metroid Prime Four and a brand new 3D Super Mario game. Ah. it will be three hundred forty or three hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, it will be released this fall <laughs> i don't really have anything else it's gonna be it's real it's gonna be released this fall coming with those two games 399 price point okay 3d mario and metroid prime yep. all right mine is different okay okay i also have a nintendo switch successor coming this spring after princess peach showtime releases it will be backwards compatible and launch with mario kart 9 mm, now people one. are saying a 3d mario yeah, that, that seems to be the going rumor because, mm-hmm. you know, Super Mario Odyssey is a few years old. I think it was the same year as Breath of the Seven Wild. Years old. Seven years old at this point. Yeah. But I think with with Super Mario Wonder existing, with a Donkey Kong vs. Mario game coming this year, and a Paper Mario remaster coming this year, we're a little bit Marioed out for full-fledged sequels. But Mario Kart 9 is... Or Mario Kart 8 is also nine years old. So... Mm-hmm. It's time for a new Mario Kart, and it's the the best selling Switch game. So I think yeah. you want to get people to buy into whatever your Switch Two or Switch Super Switch or whatever it is. I think you I think you go with Mario Kart. It's very good, very good uh, package the, to be a launch alongside it. Yeah, like you said, Super Mario Kart cannot be understated how big that game is. It's it's <laughs> fucking massive. I don't personally like it, but like it's I don't know probably got sixty million sold on the Switch. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I I could see that, but I would I would push back a little bit that I think although there is a ton of Mario, there's always been a ton of Mario. It is the most important franchise there, <laughs> and a 3D Mario is a much different experience than a side-scrolling one. So, um, you know, it might not be this year, but I think you know we're still one to two years away from a 3D Mario. Like yeah. you know, you yeah. you 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 got to keep those going. Galaxy is so good. Odyssey. I'm playing through Odyssey actually with Levi right now. He loves it's, it's it's great. He loves it mm-hmm. hunting those moons down. Um, but uh, either way, any of those three games would <laughs> yeah. be would be pretty awesome. Yeah, Metroid Prime Four is so niche that it would be. It, it would need another game. Like, I think, yeah. like, you just can't, you can't just say Metroid Prime 4. No, it's got to be one of the big boys. I mean, yeah, the, not going to be Zelda, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mario Kart. You got Mario Kart, Smash, not going to be Smash. What else you got, really? I mean, there's a ton of, don't get me wrong, there's a ton right. of Nintendo, but like, those, Animal those Crossing is another, yeah. would be a big one. Yeah, that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not our jam, but it is a, some, a big it's, seller. It's 50 million people's jam. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so going back to this now is uh, this is this switch successor is announced four hundred bucks is is John is John in for oh, this? Oh yeah, too? John's getting one. Yeah, I have two switches. I'll just sell them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I'm gonna keep up to date. Okay. Like I, 
you know, PlayStation is my home. PlayStation is where I love to play. If there's anywhere, if I had to choose, it would be there. But I really dig the Switch. I mean, it's it's provided a lot, a lot of fun experiences. I'm really into Tears of the Kingdom right now. Um, and, you know, I and, and I'm sure it's going to not just be another Switch, but better. Like, Nintendo doesn't do... Like, they fucking cr- create crazy things, right? right? Nobody would have expected the Wii. Nobody would have expected the Wii U. Nobody would have expected the Switch. So, like, is it a Switch 2? Is it something different? Is it a Super Switch? What does it do differently? Like, I would imagine there's going to be some sort of thing where it goes, oh, ooh, I want to try that. Right. I want to see what that's all about. So, <laughs> but, we're, but we're sold that it's the same design. It is a, is a handheld. I flash. think they cemented themselves in that space. Yeah. It's, it, the, the, Switch is too, the Switch is too wildly successful. It's probably going to break PS2's record. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, probably got to be. And it's got to be backwards compatible. I don't know how else you would do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, that would that would be horrible. Do you have a price point? Did you say a price point? No, I, I, no, I didn't, but it, okay. it, it's $400. There's no, they, they hit that price point every time. I, okay. So they're, they're going to do the same thing. And again, it won't. It won't match PS5 or Xbox Series X. By, it won't even be close, but it'll, it'll, is it'll there, be a, a marked improvement. Is there a possibility that they have multiple SKUs? I mean, they they released this the the Switch that's light. one thing, yeah, right? Light. So, like, do they... No, not for launch. Okay. They're, they're so smart. I, I, yeah, they just... They know that, yeah, they don't drop prices of anything. People flock to them, and Nintendo's... Yeah. A, Nintendo's in a whole nother league, man. They yeah. really are. Yeah, they're their own. They're their own brand. They're Kleenex. They're Coke. They're you know, as far as video games go, mm-hmm. they're just they're oh, just you're, Nintendo. Oh, you're playing your Nintendo over yeah. there? Huh? <laughs> no, Grandma. No. It's a PlayStation. It's a computer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so yeah. Cool. All right. So at least we got enough difference there. But sure. boy, we're we're, we're, we're both heavy on hardware. Same wavelength. So is that all three for you, or you? Yeah, done? I am done now. Okay, what was your third one? It was the PS5 Pro, Switch Two, and what? The acquisition of Square. Enix. Acquisition. Okay. All right. For my last one, uh, going away from kind of the bigger picture things, we're gonna bring it down into <laughs> some games. But I'm going to uh, say that remakes continue, continue nice and strong. You know, we had a really strong year with Resident Evil Four, Dead Space uh, of last year. Um, you know, there's a lot of going back to the well with things, and I think we're gonna get two big ones. All right. I'm going to say that Capcom is going to give Devil May Cry the Resident Evil treatment Ooh. and remake the first Devil May Cry game. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know, does this lead to them doing the other ones? Two is a bona fide stinker, but everybody loves three. I don't know. But I think with the Resident uh. Evil franchise kind of, you know, they're, they're starting to ask questions like, do you want us to do Zero? Do you want us to do Code Veronica? Do you want us to do Five? Like, I think that... They're not going to stop Resident Evil, but I could see them going, we're going to pause on that for a second, work on 9, but we can get our remake team to try and build Devil May Cry because it is kind of a small game when it's when it's all said and done. Yeah. It's like 20 stages. Uh, you know, it could it might not even be a full-priced game. It could be a Resident Evil 3 $50 product, but um, I don't think I think Capcom has seen too much success with their remakes, their critically and commercially, that they might start to now uh, explore their other franchise. And Devil May Cry, I think, is a good one to start with. Yeah, that that is probably the longest dormant franchise of their 3D franchises in a while. We haven't since Devil May Cry Five. It's it's been a minute. So. It's been a minute, yeah. And um, you know, I, I loved that first one. I mean, I, I when I. Um, when I got my PS2 on Christmas Day, I also got Devil May Cry, so I remember I remember playing that one very fondly. So I I, I think that would be dope. But uh, and then I'm gonna throw another one out there just for the sake of having a little bit varied, uh, you know, more things that I can try and get half points on. <laughs> uh, Bioshock remake is going to come out this year, or it's not gonna come out. It's gonna get announced this year. Um, 
I don't know if that's going to be made by uh, who who fucking owns that? 2K? I don't <laughs> yes, even 2K. You know, is it going to be 2K? Could that be a property that Blue Point could get behind maybe? I you know, I don't know. Um but again, I think that when you have games of this caliber, this magnitude, uh, you know they're going to get remade at some point. You yeah. know, it, it, just the question is when. Uh, I think I think studios realize that it's a little less intensive. We don't have to you know build assets from the ground up. You know, and with as long as game development takes now, uh, I could see you know the, I don't think these are going to slow down. So, uh, Devil May Cry and Bioshock remakes will get announced this year. Yeah, that, that is a very good avenue to go down. I'm yeah. I don't think there is any other outside of what Metal Gear Solid Delta. Yeah. Is there any other remakes in the wind right now? There's, I mean, you know, there's those rumors swirling around about Metal Gear Solid 1 remake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you got the Thousand Year Door coming out soon. Yeah. Um, that's been announced. And so, yeah, I mean, we're kind of getting Luigi's to Luigi's Mansion 2 is another one for Nintendo. Yeah. But, like, we're getting kind of to that point where it's, like, the the pinnacle of gaming from, like, 2000 to 2015 has kind of been like remade a little bit. There's some yeah. exceptions like Knights of the Old Republic, um, you know, uh, Mass well, there, Effect. There were those rumors of uh, Final Fantasy X that you were getting all oh, hot and bothered. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's still a lot, but like, you know, the Arkham games maybe, but when it comes to uh, the big boys that I don't, you know, they had the remaster that came out a couple years back, but. Uh, I think Bioshock could be primed for a really crispy, Unreal Five looking, next gen looking thing. Rapture would look unreal, right? Nowadays, so yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's it. That's our predictions. Do you have any other outlooks on 2024? They don't have to be like predictions or anything like that. Like, will VR two could <laughs> be strong this year? Do you have anything that just off the top of your head that you're like? No, Microsoft's going to do this. I I mean, I think we will see a continuation of just incredibly long development times. Unfortunately, I could see layoffs continuing. I mean, there's, you know, the the story that Insomniac is is positioned to lay more people off because I guess it didn't sell well enough. I don't quite know, even though it was the most fastest selling game ever. I think that 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 story is a little overblown. That you know they probably it'll probably be like contractors. You know, sure. Like, lead up to the the crunch of Spider Man Two is over. Let's lay off you know the people you know now that the game's out. You know, back to a small team, and then you know when production ramps up, um, yeah. there are rumored games. You know, Wolverine and so forth that. You know, they'll staff up again, but sure, I could see that. But you know, I mean, I think there's also uh, some communication that Bungie, it, once the final shape comes out, they're gonna have to laugh more people. Um, you know, I think there's just a reckoning. I've been beating this drum for a little bit now, but a reckoning kind of brewing with the cost of development, the cost of games, and just the whole finances of everything. So I, sure. I kind of expect that to continue to be in flux. Sure, um, that's the only thing off the top of my head. I think I can think of. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, especially coming to Sony is like a heavy reliance, as, as we already know of, on second party and third party exclusives. You know, we already have this year is probably going to be what? Silent Hill 2, Helldivers, Final Fantasy Rebirth, uh, Rise of Ronin. And uh, that'll be Sony's kind of strategy right now until another first party game comes out this year, which I do think, as I mentioned in my PlayStation 5 Pro prediction, but... I think from a first-party standpoint, outside of VR, VR will probably get another first-party game, and 
the PlayStation Five proper will get another first party game. But you th- do you think it would be Concord or Fair Games? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We didn't see we didn't see enough of them last year to, to make me confidently. They have think Concord listed as twenty twenty four, but well, then that, that game's got to be shown. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's not, I, I wasn't brave enough to predict a PlayStation <laughs> showcase. I, I feel like you know. Well, uh, there's one for sure coming for sure. I just, I just, I just, I just want to, I don't want to think about it. I just want right. to be surprised when right. it happens and it's good and everybody, everybody smiles and we know what Blue Point and Sucker Punch and Naughty Dog and all those guys are doing. Yeah. And I, I man, any showcase from any of these publishers and announced that that'll be a huge deal. Cause they, again, there's a lot of, of the fog of war to fill in, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yes, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. Laos will be a trend again. Do you think, this year has a chance to be as big as last year from a game point yeah no i don't i don't think so i mean i i am in the camp that i would probably say last year was the best year ever for video games like on a on a critical standpoint like you know it's it's hard to compare games that came out in 1998 compared to now or whatever whatever the year you pick is but I don't know, man. Last year was a fucking whirlwind of 90s, just left, right, and center. You right. know, whether it was the ones we expected or the ones we didn't. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, n- n- there's no Zelda coming out this year. Maybe a Mario. Persona- Metaphor has a chance to be a Persona 5-esque game, but I don't know. No, I, I, don't, I think this will be a moderate to middling kind of year. Hmm. Okay. I, I think it has a chance. I, if, if a 3D Mario is coming... It has a chance because then Nintendo is pretty much hitting the same beats as last year, um, and and again, if Sony has one good first party title, if Hellblade: Senua's Saga is really good, and again, Star Wars: Outlaws hits, and you need that Final Fantasy Rebirth Gate hits. 3. Like Baldur's Gate three, I think was what tipped the scales. Like before sure, that, sure. it was like this is a really really good year, and then that thing hit, and it was just like, is this one of the best RPGs that's ever been made? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay, so you add that <laughs> on top true. of of what was already existing. Uh, Resident Evil Dead Space like is uh, yes last year was crazy <laughs> so I don't know I mean we'll see I'm a I'm a inherent pessimist though. right 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 <laughs> but again well, yeah a lot, as we said a lot of titles we just didn't know about including Baldur's Gate three that would just take over so you yeah. know, the year still has that possibility all right let's move on John I'll I'll let you take it away sure so uh, I have a new best friend his name is Will. <laughs> Um, he, he bought your love. Yeah, he, he he he's my homie, dude. So over the over break, uh, you know, Will is, as I mentioned, he is a uh, high school friend of mine. I've known him for a long, long time, and uh, he just kind of <laughs> mentioned that, like, hey, you guys pick strawberries together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any of the quotes from that. Damn it! I, I wish I could have rattled some of those off. Last of Us episode with the strawberries, but um. No, he mentioned like, hey, were you wanting to borrow any games? Because he sent me a picture of his entire physical library. I showed you. And we were like, oh, my God, you have Fort Solace? Who has Fort Solace? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so I, he mentioned, did you want to borrow anything? And I was like, well, I mean, Valhalla has been something I wanted to check out. So he's like, all right, cool. Like, I'll, uh, I want to take a break from video games. You can borrow Valhalla and Sifu. I'm like, sweet. That's great. I already have a bunch of games to play, but, you know, I won't turn down checking stuff out. And... You know, I'm getting ready. He's like, I'm going to go see my other friend. I'll drop off some stuff. And he's like, oh, I also brought my portal. 
Like, oh shit! You did what? <laughs> you brought you brought your portal. So uh, he was yeah he was he was very nice and kind enough to uh, bring his portal along and let me check it out for a a few weeks um, or whatever he decides to knock on my door and take it back um, or also will let me know I'll bring it to you. You know you're doing me this kindness so I can give you a kindness back, but. Yeah, it allowed me to check this thing out in my home network environment, which is obviously a big piece of the puzzle when it comes to this piece of tech. And I'm happy to report, dude, it's it is as good as everybody is saying it is. Um, just to to lay it out right now, my current setup is <laughs> it's neither directly plugged into my router or Wi-Fi. I have a mesh network at my house, Except and so what I decided to do was to just plug it directly into one of those uh, access points. Okay. And what that, it gave me, after doing a network test, test, it gave me about 90 up, or I'm sorry, 90 down, like 30 up. So I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Like, okay. that's at least a good testing point. And yeah, it, it, it gave me really consistent uh, frames and and didn't really felt like it felt like I was playing right off the TV. Um, I will say like there seems to be a little bit of caveat here and I haven't actually tested it per se, but I noticed when like my family was using the Internet in an intensive way, whether it's streaming Netflix or something like that, it seemed to be a lot harder to get that steady connection uh -huh. uh, but you know if they weren't doing any of that like i was playing some god of war valhalla last night on it and like yeah it's it's pretty it, it feels it's almost trippy in this sense because like i'm holding it in my bed i'm holding a dual sense right like right. first and foremost <laughs> it, it's it feels great the the feel is really really good um but like i almost had this thing where it's like okay what buttons like do i press i was like oh wait no it, it is just a dual sense and like you start to kind of just forget about the fact that you're playing handheld. You're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm playing God of War right now, which is a really, really cool <laughs> feeling. Um, I will say after about 45 minutes to an hour and my hands getting a little sweaty, I got sweat. I'm a sweaty hands guy. Uh, it did start to become a little hard to hold. It is a light device. It's a really well-built device, but just based on like keeping it elevated, not letting it slip through my hands and keeping my hands where I needed to, it did start to get a little bit tiresome. So I don't know if it would be something that I would be, you know, looking to just separate entirely and like, I'm just going to play here today. Like I right. still would prefer my PlayStation with my TV and everything, but um, really good feel, really good connection. Uh, the connectivity itself was very simple and easy. You know, Will and I both were like, I don't know how to disconnect from mine. And you kind of just basically turn it on and it recognizes the network. Once it recognizes the network, it recognizes your PlayStation. Right. Bingo, bango, loads <laughs> in. Um, biggest drawback, I think, is what everybody kind of expects. It's bullshit that this thing doesn't have Bluetooth. Like, I I would much yeah. rather pay 249 for a device that has Bluetooth or, or something like that right. because it, it, it just... It sucks to use wired headphones. It sucks to turn the speakers up. Although the speakers do get really loud, uh, they are nice. Um, I just would rather have yeah the setup, right? Like, I just want to be connected with my headphones. Um, you know, so maybe down the road, maybe there will be like a pro model. I think this thing is selling way better than maybe even Sony thought they would. Maybe there's a pro model with an OLED screen and Bluetooth capabilities in the, in the future. Right. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I know. I know we had some write-ins about this thing too. Yes, so we, we did. Yeah, if you want to, you want to get to those, <laughs> we can we can kind of bounce off those yes. a little bit. All right. Well, let's start with Will, uh, who you know graciously provided it to you. Uh, and again, these are these are some lengthy impressions, but we'll read it off and see if this matches with what you think, John. Mm -hmm. All right, from Will, we got Happy Holidays, boys. Just wanted to take a couple minutes to discuss the PlayStation Portal, since Nick mentioned it in the last episode that he would like to hear about my thoughts on it so far. As we approach release day, I was honestly thinking about canceling my order or seeing if John wanted it. 
He did. <laughs> Since I already have a Steam Deck, which I love, with Remote Play, and I never use it. Remote Play on the deck works well enough, but it wasn't anything I felt compelled to do. Boy, am I glad I kept the portal. This thing is an absolute joy to play. It is infinitely more comfortable than the Steam Deck, and having a fully functional dual sense of the, as the controller makes a world of difference. The screen, while only 1080, is honestly beautiful and a big improvement over the Steam Deck Classic. So far, I've only been using it to play games while on in our TV-less living room and in bed, and it's perfect for that use case. I've gone back to Platinum older games, which I never bothered to do before, and even got the Platinum bug now. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. 24 Platinums. You yeah, gotta, you gotta beat it. You can beat Jake. <laughs> I also played through uh, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut all the way through on the device and loved the experience. I found no noticeable lag or trouble with parries when the connection is good. That being said, I have had times that the connection seemed to drop for no reason for no reason, but it usually bounces back to normal in about a minute. I don't even have my PS5 hardwired. All this is, is to say, I love this device, and it has added a lot to my PlayStation experience over the last couple of months. I'd also like to mention that I compared it a lot to the Steam Deck in my email, but I only meant to compare them as remote play machines. The Steam Deck is an incredible device that serves as a completely uh, different function for me. Happy holidays. Nice. That sounds pretty matched up. Yeah. The, the, the play through all of Ghost of Tsushima on it, that's, that's incredible. Like, to get yeah. that kind of experience in a handheld. With a game that relies on par- parries. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but to get that level of game in your hand, and I know the Steam Deck does the same thing, but, you know. Well, $600 versus 200 Right. <laughs> that's kind of, that was like, yeah, I mean, playing through this, I was like, 199 is a steal, I right. feel like, for this. Yeah, after playing it, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, at first it didn't seem like that, but I think I think you're right that this is this is for its use case mm-hmm. is is very nice. All right, and that leaves us with pal of the show Mark, who also wrote in. He sneakily bought a PlayStation Portal. He just he said, "Hey guys, just wanted to share some thoughts about my new PlayStation Portal I bought last week." Where'd you get it, Mark? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, the build quality is awesome. It's essentially a dual sense controller with a screen in the middle. The screen is very high quality too. The only weird quirk about the layout is the lack of a touchpad. There are two distinct regions on the touchscreen you could double tap instead to mimic pressing the touchpad. My PS5 is set up with wired Ethernet, and I have a good upload and download speed, so the experience might be different on a Wi-Fi setup. But in my experience, there is very little input lag. Since the portal mirrors what is happening on your PS5, I actually turned on the TV to compare my TV with the portal in real time. It was very close. I'm playing Sea of Stars on it, which requires precise timing for attacking and defending, and I'm having no trouble timing my hits. I also played some Final Fantasy 16 on it, and its graphical quality was superb. The sound output isn't bad. It can get pretty loud, and the quality is decent. It is unfortunate that you can't pair regular Bluetooth headphones with the Portal or even the Pulse 3D headset. Sony, a side note, Sony's uh, 3D Elite Pulse headset will work with the Portal coming this February. So if you, want, yeah, if you want to Garbage. spend $150 on another headset. Okay. Uh, a workaround for this is you can mute the Portal and use the Pulse 3D headset with your PS5 as long as you're in range. It'll feel just like you're connected to the Portal. All in all, I'm very satisfied with my purchase. I'm going to use this thing a lot for all kinds of games. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I that's that is the impression that I hear from everybody. Like every every single person who realized that the use case is for them, uh, walks away really happy. I feel like yeah. um, 
does any of this change your want or of it? No. No. So so my setup, I have a dedicated office slash gaming room, and it's right across from my bedroom. So if I'm just playing a game, I'm just going to that room. Yeah. You know, it, that room doesn't serve any other use than. And then it's my man cave. Yeah. So. I was hoping to, yeah, I was hoping that it could have connected to the Wi-Fi here at work so I could like check out that. <laughs> yeah. I just want to, yeah, I want to kind of like just see the different benchmarks. Um, but Hotspot it to your phone. Maybe we'll do that after the show. <laughs> Give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, I think I read a report somebody saying they did that on the bus. It was like, it works great, which I don't believe, but <laughs> we, maybe we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, as soon as... Uh, as soon as I can find one in the wild, I, I do plan on getting one. I even bought myself a little extra uh, um, uh, access point for my mesh network to go upstairs in my, my up oh. part of my house so I get a better <laughs> connection up there. Plus, I got Levi a computer, so like it'll just help with his too. Um, but it's uh, I got to give PlayStation some credit for this one. It was kind of a device that everybody was down on when it first got announced, and people were kind of upset that you couldn't play games natively on there. But... To hit that price point with the quality that it is, is, is I think, a very, very nice product. Yeah. And I would encourage anybody who, again, has that use case to get one. Did you only try it with Valhalla? No. So I first loaded in Neon White because I thought that'd be <laughs> a good course. test. and then, But that was one of the times that um, other people were using Wi-Fi and so it was real choppy. I was like, ah, this is horrible. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it soon wrinkled that out. But I played a little bit of uh, Sifu, um, Valhalla, and Astral Ascent. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, it's all, it's all gravy, baby. It's all good. Now, so we got your review, sure. but what did your son think of it? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't, it's not mine. Oh, I felt, well, he, he held it of course, but you know, he's like, Oh, I can play neon white never knew anywhere. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I just, I don't want you to just, you right. know, I'm, right. I'm going through that era of like, you can't eat Takis and play with my controller. Right. Like you can't do <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. And he doesn't, yeah. you know, he's like, oh, I wipe my hands. And it's like, his fingers are still just blue. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. So, you know, he, he thinks it's cool, but um, I don't really want him to. Sure. To, no, uh, that's very. To fuck it up for Will. Because then, <laughs> then I have to buy him one and they're not available anyway. So, you know. But, okay. Um, but, okay. As, yeah. He's the review that matters. So yeah. he's into it. Then, yeah. you, then you know it's good. <laughs> Kids are into anything. Anything but, shiny that their dads are into. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, you know, as as games come out and you use it more. Uh, yeah, I'll hear how I'll hear how it goes. Sure, you know, and I it'd be perfect ever... for it'd be perfect for Diablo Four. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, and speaking of Diablo Four, uh, I've been playing. You like it. that segue? You like that segue? Yeah, that's, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been playing it as I've teased on this show and. Uh, just a brief little backstory on Diablo. This is a series that started in 1997, and of course, it hit critical acclaim with Diablo 2 in 2000. I actually, in fact, remember my first job in a hardware store. I had an assistant manager. That's all he would talk about, Diablo 2. He's, oh, I'm this level with this class, this level with this class, and I'm just like geez, how do you have the time to play this game so much? <laughs> like, and I was a kid. <laughs> One of the ultimate time sink games. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Diablo 4 is the, you know, is the next entry in the franchise since Diablo 3 released in 2014. It released on 6.6 of last year. It has an 88 currently on Open Critic. And what Diablo 
is essentially is an isometric loot heavy action RPG set in the world of Sanctuary, which is caught in a war between heaven and hell. You play as a wanderer, a wanderer who gets to gets on an adventure to to defeat the daughter of the demon of hatred, Lilith, who has returned, and through the events of the games, you discover her true motives, and you can choose between five different playable classes. She's just trying to get on the right track and write her life. Yeah. She, she just wants to be one of the good ones. Yeah, well, so she says. Mm. <laughs> That's actually a plot of the game. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> oh. Hire me, Blizzard. <laughs> uh, I have completed the game in about 50 hours. I have. I am currently on world tier three, so that's kind of their difficulty. It's tier one, two, three, or tier two to start. You kind of play tier two all the way till you beat the game, and then you unlock a dungeon, which will unlock tier three. You play through that till level seventy, and then you can unlock tier four, and then you can go to a hundred. The grind. Yes. The grind. <laughs> oh, we'll get into the grind. Uh, I am currently playing the game as a chain lightning sorcerer. Nice. So, uh, this is. So the first thing I want to talk about is the gameplay loop. And the gameplay loop is basically you kill mobs of enemies, you face bosses, you level up, you increase that difficulty, that world tier, you collect loot, you try different builds of your class or start a new class. That's kind of it. You know, you're just you're just on an isometric view and just you're always mobbed with enemies, uh, demons, animals, insects, the undead, you know, just just nonstop. They're just mobs and mobs, you know, and they all vary, of course, you know, ranged attack. Some some will heal guys, some will uh, resurrect them, but basically it's the same thing. You go into a mob, you use the same series of attacks, and you walk out, and there's a bunch of dead bodies around you. So I will say, initially, I have never been really big into Diablo. I am not big okay. into loot-based games, even as someone who loves Cyberpunk 2077. Picking up a bunch of gear that you cannot use at all, it's just fodder, is not interesting to me. Going to stores and selling off 90% of the shit you get is not fun to me. Uh, doing all the, the little nitpicking stuff you can do as far as your paragon level and your your character traits and then your legendary gear has traits and you can remove that trait and put it on other gear and just this... This loop is just not interesting to me. I don't like inventory management. I don't know if you feel the same way. Um, <laughs> I mean, I probably a little more new. It's been a while since I've uh, jumped into a game like that. I will say I did love it with Diablo 2 and 3 and Borderlands 2 specifically. Okay. But I don't know if that's the me anymore. No. Like, it's just, just from a time standpoint. Like I don't want to grind to just get the best set of gear. Correct. Yes, and that and that is basically the goal here is to level up and grind out that gear. And this world is massive. Uh, there are five gigantic regions. Each region has around fifty side quests, twenty dungeons, thirty statues of Lilith, uh, multiple world events, and each has its own world boss. Yeah, <laughs> too much. But what about when you get the portal? Maybe you'll yeah. change your mind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it'd be great for that, but that seems a lot. And and the world is the world. The side quests are have been okay. Some some lead to interesting places, but a lot of them are like, I need uh, fifty uh, poison glands from scorpions, and you gotta mm. grind that out. And a lot of quests are like that, or go to point A to point B, and 
Some will point you to specific dungeons that you'll have to do because there'll be an extra side quest thing in there as well. But it all leads to, you know, making your character better. You, God, it's just, there's so many stats. Like, you complete a dungeon, you get an aspect, and that might affect how fast you swing your weapon or your specific class. How, Like, I'm a chain lightning sorcerer, and I beat a dungeon, and it was like, every time a chain lightning bounces off of you, you get 2.5 mana back. And there's just, like, all these numbers, and it's just... It, the game is very overwhelming, and I mm-hmm. and I I do recommend like try not to like get caught up in I'm gonna I'm gonna com- fully complete a region I'm gonna do every dungeon because not every dungeon applies to your class or I'm gonna do every side quest it's just it's way too much like there is so much but everything also builds renown in that region and renown gets you stuff it gives you more potions and more uh, skill points and just oh my god I just it's too much yeah. <laughs> That being said, this game is just taken over my life. I've, I've, I have been enjoying the mindless. I go in and I freeze all the enemies around me. I cast chain lightning and then they explode into fireballs, hurting each other. Mm-hmm. It, that, 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 that loop is just, it's crack. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, even if loot isn't your thing, you're still leveling up and gaining new right. skills, right? And so that's always fun. We're like, right. I can do what now? Oh, that's dope. Yeah. And yeah, you kind of find those new ways to play. And that dopamine rush of getting like a legendary gear that like mm. affects your build specifically. Really nice. Really nice. You know, is is a great feeling at all. Feeling and just, yeah, it's, 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 I don't think if another game was out, I would be playing it instead. But I could see this game replacing, you know, Street Fighter 6 or Rocket League or if you're playing Overwatch or Apex Legends or any of those games. Like this could be your multiplayer game because the other thing I wanted to talk about is this is a live service game. Like you pay $60 for it brand new, but you are instantly logged into a server queue. And I guess nowadays that doesn't really matter. You're in the game instantly. Uh, But... It's an online-only game. You cannot pause it. Really? Nope. Can't pause it at all. You better make sure you're in a very safe region if you hit the pause button. Because like you'll, you'll get attacked. Uh, it has a battle pass. Yeah. Uh, which changes, you know, every few months. And you can only use brand new characters on each battle pass. So you can't even use your current, your favorite character. Once a battle pass ends, this one currently ends on January 23rd, my sorcerer will, will move over... And cannot access whatever the, the next, legacy character. Yep, at that point. it'll it'll not be able to access whatever the next battle pass is. So any any if I go into that character and play the game, I'm not building up toward that battle pass, which again, just like Rocket League, has its free stuff, but mm-hmm. also all that premium stuff you want to buy. And this game also has microtransactions. John, I want you to guess what a skin in Diablo Four costs. The let's just say the high tier. Okay, this is one of those things where, you're, okay, you're asking me, so therefore it must be you ridiculous. Buy, you have to buy their cur- in-game currency, which is platinum. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess a high-tier character costs $40. <laughs> That's pretty expensive for a skin. I know. I know. <laughs> I have not seen one that high. Okay. Uh, currently, the highest for my character is 25 bucks. Yeah, For stupid. a skin. Stupid. Now, again, it is it is every piece of loot that you can get, including your weapon, but that is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is fucking insane. Well, and that's a lot of what I've heard about this game is not, since it came out, is not the quality of it. It's not the missions or anything. It's about how there's a lot of icky things yes. surrounding it, whether it's that or whether it's lack of uh, endgame support, um, things like that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's capitalism for you, bud. <laughs> 
Yeah, so this is definitely in the vein of, you know, that initial Overwatch launch and, and uh, you know, Destiny is like, it's just, you you do pay, well, Destiny before it went free to play. Uh, that, yeah, this is all, this has all the live service hooks in it. This are, you know, uh, Suicide Squad, uh, games like that. Like, this is all of those ugly, ugly hooks in it. And, of course, the game is ripe for it. You know, it's... Yeah, it makes sense. You can't begrudge the developer for trying to, you know, gain extra. Right. That's what businesses are in business for. Right. But it does feel gross, and I hope that we look back on this era, like, 20 years from now, and be like, well, that was a silly time, wasn't it? <laughs> but I doubt it. Well, yeah, 20 years when every game's online only. Right. Yeah, when there's four <laughs> games to play, whether it's four. You want to play Fortnite, Roblox, or Minecraft. Apex or something. Yeah, <laughs> Minecraft. Uh, but the, the value's still there. Like I said, I, you know, I, I'm... St- 50 plus hours into the game you know i haven't paid for anything but my initial buy-in of the game so it's been you know my money my i've gotten my money's worth but like, like i said it is pretty gross to just go into that store or just have it mentioned the battle pass because i'm my current character is leveling up on that battle pass and you know 50 50 hours in and i'm only like i think not even a third of the way through the battle pass and you're just like oh this is so gross <laughs> like these poor people who try to max out these battle passes is they must be, this game must be consuming all their time I, i'm sure it is and i'm sure those same people then get to the end of that and go okay now what and then they're like well no that's it and you know wow this game's trash <laughs> yeah. so it's yeah oh well, they know. can't win <laughs> so if um do you have any ideas or ways that you think blizzard would be able to reinvigorate the series like you know with diablo 5 is coming out and it's just more of the same that's got to be disappointing like do you is there anything you can tell from 50 hours that like you know what this would maybe be a better way to do it or no i mean i don't know if you've thought about that at all i don't know i mean they do have the expansion confirmed for this year you know they're bringing a new class that always that always seems to be like lords of destruction yeah you know uh whatever the the one that brought the necromancer you know, those seem to always be well received, but as far as the loop, like it's like I don't think you could ever change what works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's it's there's just too many enemies on screen to do anything besides right. sheer chaos. Right, first person Diablo, and Ugh. I think you could play this entire game with a friend. So yeah, so that, and that social aspect will always be you know is a great part that I'm just I'm just not participating in, but um, I can review it since oh, I yeah. beat it. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three out of five. You know, it's 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 good. It does what it wants to do well. But again, taking all those caveats I told you, you know, Diablo is not mm-hmm. my series. Um, but I, I do think like the the always online sucks. And but the but the grind and the the dopamine rush you can get from loot based games, it's all there. I just think I don't know what it takes to get to a level 100, but I'm not gonna get there. <laughs> Your soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but that being said, if, if if this expansion is a is looks good and is well, and it's a class that I'm interested in playing, you know, I, I could be holding onto this game for a minute. So sure, well, yeah, you gotta wait until I I beat all my games so you can give it to me. <laughs> yeah, cool man. But yeah, it, it's it's been occupying my time until we get to this busy, this busy uh, um, February. Yeah, well, Last of Us Part Two. Sure. All yeah, right, I get that for ten dollars. Yes. <laughs> all right. It's Final back. topic. It's back. It's been what two, three weeks, three weeks since we had any uh, 
Any battle royales? That's true. That's true. Uh, we can announce the winners of the other battle royales. Uh, Ellie did eventually beat Leon after two different polls tying. In the final poll, she did pull out, so Ellie moves on. And then, oh, of course, God. Doom Guy stomped V. Yeah, Doom Guy is I'm sorry, on. V. You just you drew poorly, <laughs> man. But interesting enough, we have another tie, so we'll have to re-release another poll. <laughs> Sora and Samus Aran will have to be redone. They are a tie again. So. The power of friendship versus a solo soldier. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Okay, and so for this week, we have, going head-to-head, <laughs> iconic mass-murdering clown Sweet Tooth versus the blue blur himself, Sonic, and Rayman... Uh, versus Jack from Jack and Daxter. Nick, I believe you get to go first. I do. Uh, do you have preference on the matchup? Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, this is probably the weirdest set of characters we've had, I think, in this whole thing. It's weird for. Yeah. Uh, so let's go with Jack versus Rayman. Let's just get that out of the way. Sure. All right. So... Jack is the heir to the throne of Haven City. He's a master of weapons and platforming and is a pillar of the three Sony legendary platformers, along with Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper. His ace in the hole is his ability to absorb eco-energy, which gives him additional abilities including health absorption, forest fields, increased speed and strength, electricity manipulation, energy projection, and transformation into light and dark forms of himself for increased power, a.k.a. going Super Saiyan. <laughs> he can use sci-fi weaponry such as wave concussor, beam reflector, gyroburster, arc wielder, mass inverter, and the supernova, which is a powerful mini-nuke. Jack, of course, is not alone when he is fighting anybody. He has his partner, Daxter, who is another set of eyes. And, and, and as anyone who's seen Daxter talk, a bunch of quips that can be used to take advantage of and distract our poor Rayman. Very nice. Very nice. All right. All right. Rayman was created by moonbeams from Batilla the Fairy of the (laughs) Primordial Forest, destined from creation to protect the Glade of Dreams from dark forces. That sounds like somebody who could really, really lay the hammer down on a normal-ass elf-looking motherfucker like Jack, all right? Rayman (laughs) has the ability to not only punch... Uh, but to throw his punches. He stands at 1.6 meters or five foot three, but he can extend those punches well beyond the grasp of that. So he's going to have the ranged ability versus Jack. Rayman's a beefcake, dude. Did you know he set up a trap, lifted a 50,000 pound weight to uh, to set up a trap? So like he's not uh, just a measly little five foot three guy. He can pick up some heavy shit. Uh, he's able to regenerate his body at all times. He doesn't even have legs or arms. So like, you know, he's just kind of this like more nebulous collection of parts of a body. And, you know, to me, that sounds like somebody that you can't really kill because he's just going to come right back together Uh at least in this fight he is, because I said so. Uh, he's basically, um, you know, uh, a combination of many different parts. And that's it, because the timer went. <laughs> Rayman. <laughs> I don't you know. Had, you, had to, you had to put a lot in that intro of his, yeah. of his origin. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Ray, he, he's, yeah, he's a goofball. But uh, I do love Rayman Legends, one of my favorite games. Yeah, he, oh. he needs his own uh, uh, Prince of Persia uh, remake. Yeah. Kind of like the one that's coming, the Lost Crown. Dude, I, I, yeah, I would, I would love. That's what that would be a top tier uh, announcement for me. But knowing that the, the that team is doing the Prince Persia game makes me excited for that one. But 
right. Sweet Tooth versus Sonic. Nick uh, has Sweet Tooth. All right. Sweet Tooth is the mascot of the Twisted Metal series and recently starred in the television show on Peacock. He is a serial killer who drives an ice cream truck around in giant car combat battle royales, just like we're in right now. So our current battle royale will be nothing new to this character. He has experience. His ice cream truck is his main arsenal of weapons, including machine guns, missiles, invisibility, napalm, freeze, force fields, and of course, exploding ice cream cones. Without his car, though, he is a physical specimen and wields a large machete. Sonic's speed will not be a factor because Sweet Tooth can slow down time enough to see bullets move into slow motion, something also Sonic can do. So hopefully he'll catch Sonic off guard with that. He is an insane serial killer clown who will be too much and too real for the goody, more cartoony Sonic. No, not calculator. All right. <laughs> How can you beat somebody, Nick, in a fight that you aren't able, even able to see move? All right. He's not only fast. Sure, you know, Sweet Tooth can slow down time so he can see bullets. But Sonic, according to lore, moves faster than the speed of light. All right. That's how fast this guy is. And so if you can't see him, you can't hit him. And it's true. Sweet Tooth is massive and a super heavyweight. But all super heavyweights are always taken down by speed and agility, which there is no faster character in this competition. Uh, sure, if he gets in contact, it would be rough, but there's no chance he gets uh, in contact at all, even if he's in his uh, ice cream truck. You can't shoot missiles faster than him. You can't drive faster than him. You can't touch this guy. Uh, meanwhile, Sonic has the ability to use his homing attack, his spin dash. His spin dash can break through brick walls. I'm sure it can take down Sweet Tooth's truck if it needs be. He does have one weakness, which is water, but I don't think that's a factor in this fight, so we're not even going to consider it. Sonic <laughs> is of Super Smash Brothers fame. He has experience fighting many different types of fighters. Sonic wins this one easily. <laughs> All right. All right. So, let's get our randomizer going. Oh, right, right, right. Because we need to determine next week's matchup. Hopefully, we don't get another tie, but if we do, no big deal. And... Nick, we're down to our final eight. Oh, boy. Let me delete some of these guys real quick because I didn't take them off because I'm a joke. <laughs> All right. All right. Final eight. Going in the randomizer. In PlayStation Pals fashion, Nick, you want first? Yep. All right. Let's see. No, 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 no. Big Daddy and Little Sister. <laughs> okay. There's your Big Daddy, Little Sister. So we, that one you actually call out the... Yeah, so I don't know if you're Daxter. I, I'll let it slide, but, you know, <laughs> we'll we'll let this one... Cause like, All right, what's so yeah, speaking of Bioshock. Yeah. Versus Kazuma Kiryu. <laughs> the dragon himself. All right, another weird fucking matchup. And, uh, and really well-timed. I mean, we're between two of his games. Yeah, Man Who Raises Name and Infinite Wealth, so. That is true. And for the second matchup, Sub-Zero. Nick, okay. you got Sub-Zero, Mortal Kombat fame versus Astrobot. Aw. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> Don't worry. Astrobot, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Tone could not be more different. Yeah, that's a... Uh, I guess we saved the weird matchups for the end. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. this is no Lara Croft versus Nathan Drake. This no, is, this is some weird <laughs> stuff. But all right, well, that's exciting. Then that leaves. So then the week after will be the final four of round one. So you and I got to figure out what we're doing for round two here soon. Yep. 
Yeah. If you have any ideas, write in. What? What's that? I said, if you have any ideas, write in. Yes, of course. You know, I don't. I I don't think Nick liked my we cosplay as every character (laughs) and just actually fight. So it wasn't the worst idea, but maybe not the more plausible one. But I mean, if we made videos of it, we'd get the most views for sure. That is true. And. I would love to see some of our budget ass cosplays. <laughs> <laughs> you as a big daddy and your dog as a little sister. <laughs> yeah. You know, his dog is a St. Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so look out. Uh, he, he'd probably be the big daddy. I'd yeah, be the probably. little sister. Probably, yeah, that would be better. <laughs> uh, but uh, all right, so that's it. That's a meaty five things. I, I really hope everyone enjoyed us returning to form because we had a lot to talk about this week. All right, let's, let's get into teases. We have a big tease. That is, John, as he mentioned, he's playing Valhalla. Yes. And I, too, plan to be playing Valhalla. I, yes. I too, have nemesis of the show, Jake, pretty much providing me his copy <coughs> so I can start talking Valhalla. So we'll have a, I don't know, double play, whatever we decide to coin the term, but we'll it's... both be playing it. Put about two hours in last night. I, the only thing I'll say is it's blowing me away. <laughs> so, and and really, it's the narrative side of things. It's way stronger than I kind of thought it was going to be. So excited to see more for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but besides that, for me, like I mentioned, Tears of the Kingdom has finally captured my attention. I am on the second large temple now. <laughs> um, that's just what I was able to find myself with the holidays and and everybody at my house. It was what I was able to play. So I took the plunge and I'm really into it. Uh, but besides that, you know, I have, like I said, will let me borrow Sifu. I want to check that out before I have to give that back. Um, I have Remnant 2 that I've dabbled in. That's really, really fun and cool. Um, <laughs> Astral Ascent still going. So, you know, it almost seems like I need to bring the wheel back to, to get my, get myself <laughs> straight. Focus, yeah. But, but Valhalla is so good. And I think it's, they say it's about six hours to see kind of the full package. So I, I plan on just devouring that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the plan is definitely to get that done before Last of Us Part Two remastered comes, and then we have another, another rogue, like, yeah, another roguelike mode to check out. So, yeah, that is a hundred percent going to be my focus. It will, I will not be playing anything else unless some free game comes along. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, nobody saves the world. Plague Tale, Requiem, and what was the third one that dropped today? Uh, Damn it! Uh, Why did I do this? <laughs> Stall, stall, Nick. Uh, it was also it was Weird West. Uh, Evil West. Evil West. Sorry, Weird West is another game. Yeah, Teamwork. Evil West. Uh, okay. Yeah. So and and again, A Plague Tale Requiem was one of my Game of the Year nominees for you know our inaugural year, 2022. So please do not seize on that game. That game is a amazing game, and I didn't even have the 60 FPS patch, which I got later. You know that it's just gorgeous. It's 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 a it's a current gen game through and through. It's sure. it's amazing. Please check it out. Yeah. And show them some love. I'll try. <laughs> yeah, fit it in. Time is hard. <laughs> Do you uh cuz I I was thinking it's like it's enough to play one of those. Would you say I should just watch a recap of the first game or, oh, or so do hard. it? So hard. So <laughs> hard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. No. Probably on it more. Maybe. Get back to maybe. It. Yeah. Well, in your situation, probably. Yeah. Just be easier that way to not have to deal with back-to-back Last of Us type games. Yeah. Oh, I'm emotionally dead inside, but it's just a t- <laughs> it's just a time thing. Yeah. Yeah. Given you, it's I don't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's your best bet. All right. I'm reading between <laughs> the lines, I think. <laughs> All right. Speaking of The Last of Us Part Two, the song we're going to leave you on is, again, 
from that game from our boy Gustavo Santoala. It is called Longing. You know, again, we're we're ready to take the plunge. We're going to be back in the world of The Last of Us again. And for sure, a bonus episode is coming. So enjoy the song. Thank you for listening. We're excited for 2024. And we'll be back next week with Up to Six Things. Love me like you love my strawberries or whatever. <laughs> there you go. Bye. Bye.